the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me as always is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. And online web guru, breaking story man extraordinaire, Aidan Norman. Good morning. Well everyone, happy FIFA 12 day. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, it's not FIFA 12, it's FIFA 12 day for everyone else, but yes. We got our copy yesterday. <laughs> Didn't have the best of starts. Three games played last night. 11 goals conceded on professional level. Didn't score. I didn't score last night either, I'll be honest. I played Melbourne versus Sydney. Harry Kill and Brett Emerton are in the lineups. Um, Looking good. And Melbourne won 6 0. Harry opened the scoring with a penalty and then got injured in the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> very realistic. So, um, very all right, let's kick off. Uh, local news first. Obviously, probably the biggest news story of the week, which, uh, as Did- always, drew. Criticism from all sides, debate was raging on Twitter, let's talk about Holger's decision not to pick Harry Kuehl and Brett Emerton. Harry Kuehl one was, was really an obvious one, Brett Emerton was the surprise, obviously he started the last however many games. Um, what do we think about this, lads? Where well, do we stand? It divided people, didn't it? Yeah. It divided members of the media, and there's certainly plenty of um, members of the media that have... Uh, you know, criticise FFA first policy. I mean, there's certain members that pretty much seem to be basing their whole career on that. Um, and, you know, I think that that was their reaction that, you know, the FFA hadn't been strong enough about it. But if you do the flips, I mean, they basically turned around and said that, you know, it's Holger's decision, which I felt the FFA did make a decision. They said it's, it's yeah. Holger's. And people say, oh, you know, country always comes before, you know, club. Well, that's the decision the FFA made, wasn't it? Because it turned around and said, well, no, it's the, you know, the country's coach who's going to decide exactly who he picks. And Holger, you know, people say, oh, I put Holger in an awkward position. Um, Holger doesn't strike me as the type of person that's going to be worrying about a decision like this. If he felt it was the right thing to call them up, he would have done so. If he felt it was the right thing to leave them out so the A-League gets its chance, you know, that's what he did. And he was pretty, you know, again, you know, it's, it's how you take it. I mean, he's said that you know, whilst the situation wasn't ideal, and, and I'll come back to that, you know, he was within his rights to call on any of the players and he chose not to. Yeah. You know. End of story for me. It, yeah, yeah no, it really settle like, Yeah, it's a, I'm surprised there's been so much talk about this. At the end of the day, it's a decision. He's made it. And uh, we're going to benefit because we're going to have a cracking opening. Can't wait. Can't wait. I think the only thing that I would say, and my only sort of point on the matter on Twitter was, this was a problem that the FFA had. You know, the, only re- the only criticism I would have of the FFA is that this should never have been an issue because we shouldn't be playing A-League games on well, on official FIFA dates. No, completely. Yeah. You know, that, that's it. If, that, mm. if we adhere to that, as you know, because if we want current Socceroos to come back and play in the A-League, then we have to honour the FIFA dates. We don't have... Yeah, because it's a bit like, you know, the NRL during State of Origin. You know, mm. it, it, you end up with a with a artificially weakened competition that can have a massive influence mm. on the outcome mm. of, of the season. Mm. You know, and also, it, it's certain teams are penalised, the better teams are penalised, the clubs that have gone out on a limb and brought back our best players can end up being penalised because they're current Socceroos. You know, we need to support the owners who are spending big money bringing these players back and honour the FIFA dates. That, to me, if that was the case, we wouldn't be discussing this. Mm. Mm. Another thing that 
another point I want to make about the, the Aussie football media and, and fans too. Some people almost seem annoyed that they've been given something to write about or something to talk about. You know, like, oh, you know, why do we keep having to go on about that? They say as they keep going on about it and having, you know, given us something to discuss. You know, I don't think it was that, you know, big a controversy, but it was interesting to see who was going to get picked. But now it's done, you know, you know, you just move on. I, mm. I, I don't understand getting upset at the FFA over it. I don't think they did as much wrong. I just think it's, I just think it's an easy, easy sell. It's an easy thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Harry Kuehl, uh has talked in the in the wake of this, and obviously said that you know he 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 still wants to uh, be a, a soccerer, and he, he's targeting the uh, the games in November, the away matches in Oman and Thailand uh, to come back in the squad. That's been echoed by Holger. You know, I, I really like. You know, this isn't a snub. This isn't a dropping. This is a realistic reflection mm. on a guy that hasn't played for a few months. You mm. know. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. I'd, yeah. I'd be incredibly surprised if he wasn't yeah. part of Holger's plans for the qualification process. Have just, w- he just needs a bit of game time. Yeah, he'll yeah. have, what, four, five, six games up until those games. So I don't see a problem yeah. at all. If he's fit, he'll be ready to go. He'll be good enough to, to be picked. And, and also, you know, this, people are talking about, oh, this is setting a precedent. And, you know, but it's not setting a precedent because other players have been, you know, excused Socceroos due to, to settle into their new teams in, in Europe. You know, it's not a... It's not the first time this has ever happened, you know, and it's, um, you know, and I, and I certainly think, you know, fair play to Holger. I think he's got a very good appreciation mm. of the, 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 where we're at with the A-League. It's a big, and to be fair, we shouldn't need Brett Emerton to beat Oman and, and Malaysia, really. Not not really, no. And if it sets a precedent that we should use common sense, then that's probably quite a good precedent to set, and I think mm. that's all that's happened. Okay, all right, well. Let's common sense about. in the local game. Come on, <laughs> whatever Trevor. Next. Whatever next. Uh, Fred, Surprise. somewhat surprisingly, has been announced mm. uh, Melbourne Heart skipper for mm. this season. Mm. Yeah, I, I spoke to Fred last week. Is this to get under the skin of the victory, do you think? Well, I spoke to Fred last week. Um, he's interviewed for the, for the next issue of the MAG out next week. Um, because he's kind of an interesting story, isn't he? Sort of, you know, this is his third A-League club now, and, it, you know, he's arguably what... Arguably, well, probably the best Brazilian we've had here, certainly. And is one he the of first Brazilian captain ever in the A-League? Mm, I suppose question. he must be. Good trivia question. Yeah, there, I think so. And, and you know, I... Didn't Romario insist on captain in Adelaide and keeping the ball? And yeah. <laughs> Did Juninho ever captain Sydney FC? I can't remember. Yes. He did. He, he captain did. against Beckham. Beckham. But that wasn't an official game. game. That wasn't an A-League yeah. game. So, there you yeah. go. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, you know, having spoken to him or heard what he had to say, um, I mean, his English is fine. But it's not incredible. It's certainly not going to be articulate enough to rally up a team talk or scream across the players. He's very much going to be a captain that we're going to have to lead through how he plays. Now, what I don't get is replacing Colosimo. And they haven't got, you know, many centre backs. So if Colosimo is going to stay, you'd, you'd assume that he'd be playing. Um, well, and he seems a perfect rumor captain. Rumour has surfaced that yeah. is this, you know, Colosimo's. Exit from Melbourne Heart imminent because of this. Ada, you you yeah. spoke to the club yesterday, is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, yeah, I spoke to the club yesterday. They flatly denied those those obvious rumours. I, mean, I think I got a flavour of this a few weeks ago when I was in Melbourne when they did the initial press conference for Fred and uh, fanship was really talking up his ability to to bring out the best and the younger players. And he really made a point of that. And I remember thinking at the time, well, your captain is Colosimo. He wasn't really in Van Schip's favour last season. As you remember, he was dropped quite a lot. So I just thought at that time, hmm, you know, why is he saying this? He was really making a point of Fred's leadership abilities. So um, it wasn't a total surprise to me. Um, but it is 
It is an unusual choice, I think, having said that. I mean, well, it's not a surprise, but it is an unusual one. But um, we shall see. Okay. Uh, Adelaide completed their, uh, completed their squad by signing Milan Susak and Anthony Golic, uh, so from Brisbane Raw and Sydney, respectively. Um, what do we think of this? I mean, this has probably completed, you'd say, on paper, Adelaide's strongest squad, I'd say. Mm. And that's, that's uh, now the two young centre-backs from Sydney FC now officially uh, he would develop through the club, Golic and, and German now at Brisbane Roar and now no, at They Adelaide. don't want young, young centre-backs. Why don't you get a good old slow centre-back yeah. in there? Um, um, I mean, Adelaide, yeah, like you say, yeah. look, look great, don't they? I mean, they're, they're good, strong yeah. squad signings. We, we saw with Brisbane last year when players dropped out of the team, they were able to replace them and, and not lose any momentum. And mm. Adelaide looked like they've got the kind of squad that could do that mm. this season. Bit cool. of GTA. It's good. It's uh, you know, we'll, um, in part two, we're going we're gonna to have a look at a, a general sort of preview of next season's A-League and run through team by team who's been brought in, who's been brought out, how we think they'll go. So we'll, uh, we'll save that for then. Well into Phoenix, however, are uh, facing a, a bit of an injury crisis uh, after the financial crisis um, with uh, Pavlovich and Lucas Pantelis both suffering serious injuries. Uh, big blow this, particularly Pantelis, you'd say. I know. Yeah, I think. But look, look, you feel for the boys. It's it's been a horror off season for for Phoenix. They're still short of players. Having said that, it gives other players opportunities. But um, you never want to hear about these sort of things. But what a terrible off season it's been for those boys. Mm. I mean, if there's <clears throat> one side in the A League that couldn't afford any injuries, mm. it, you know, it's Wellington. They're, they're some way of completing their squad. Mm. Like I've said in previous podcasts, the last time I spoke to Paul Whitefall, he was saying his contract's up in October or next month. And he's heard nothing of a renewal. But that was probably as a byproduct of the situation with mm. Sarah Pisos. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he hasn't signed that. a new contract yet, has yeah. he? Yeah, so, I mean, you'd think, yeah, I mean, that was only last week. That you'd think that would be one of the first things they'd be looking at. Priority, uh, hopefully, yeah, anyway. you'd hope so. But I mean, there's no guarantee that that'll be a fruitful negotiation. Yeah. So, having still said that, everyone's concerns. writing them off, and that's always a good thing. Well, that happens most seasons, though, except last season. I suppose yeah. we expected more after the World Cup, and it, it didn't mm. happen. But yeah, most seasons they go in expecting to, you know, not make the finals. Well, Pavlovich has broken his arm, and it looks like he'll be out for two months. And Lucas Pantelis injured a knee um, in a practice match against the Mariners last Sunday. It, early prognosis is four to six weeks for him, so we wish them both a, mm. a speedy recovery. Um, the PFA uh, Awards shortlist for the Australian Football Awards next Tuesday night in Sydney was announced, and Thomas Browich and Marcus Flores are in the running to become the first non-Australian players to win the Football of the Year Award. Uh, Schwartz and Kale are also nominated. That would be the second time. They're the first two winners. Do you think they got a chance, or do you think it's more swayed towards the guys that are applying their trade overseas? Well, I mean, I think, uh, I'm not sure if Flores has a chance. But, um, Tell you what, I'd love him to make that speech because he gets very passionate about football. I mean, I've had some chats with him in China and he is magic to talk with. So if he won it, it would be a great speech. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to feel one of those two probably deserve to win it, don't you, after you know the years they've had? Yeah. And the other nominees uh, are Mackay, Matt Mackay, Tim Kale, Schwarzer, Harry Kuehl, Lucas Neal, Brett Emerton, Brett Holman, Josh Kennedy, Sasser Ognanowski and Luke Wiltshire. Hmm. Essentially, the Socceroos. And basically, this is a poll of every uh, PFA member. Hmm. Um, so the nominees are chosen by the awards committee, which comprises of Paul Ocon, Tony Vidmar, Mark Bosnich, Stan Lazaridis, Zelko Kalic, and Craig Moore. Hmm. Uh, there were nominees also for the Harry Kuehl Medal, which is the under 23 category, including Mustafa Amini, 
Matt Ryan, uh, Robbie Cruz, Matthew Leckie, Nikita Rukovica. Any favourites in that one, lads? I think I think Matty Ryan for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Outstanding, outstanding I, season. I always get the feeling that Amini might win that because everyone seems to have a real kind of soft spot for him, don't they? And that's mm. the sort of you know he strikes me Ryan sort of though. Yeah, his I've got season, a though. feeling on yeah, Robbie uh, Cruz. Yeah, I thought simply I'd... because I think he'll garner a fair amount of votes from the Socceroos squad because of the Asian Cup. I just remember when he scored that goal mm. against Uzbekistan. I think he's quite a popular member of the squad. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, th- those guys, the European guys, also vote on this. So um, I've got a sneaking feeling Robbie will take that out. Well, certainly to include club impact as long as engineering moved to Europe and doing well at the Socceroos, mm. you could say probably deserves it. Trifecta. Uh, Gold Coast United. Um, Always in the news. Um, have now tweaked their fixture list uh, and uh, they've given up home ground advantage for their November 11th match against Adelaide and that game will now take place at Skilled Park. Um, what do we think about it? So this, this was a, an odd one to me where it effectively, and apparently I'm not familiar with this, but apparently it has happened in the AFL and the NRL where a team effectively sells their home ground advantage for a cut of the gate at the uh, at the what would have been the away team, but now becomes the home team. Mm. It, it's one of those things that seems obscene at first because I've never really heard of it before, and I wasn't aware that the AFL and the NRL do that. So on on the surface, it seems like a slightly um, strange thing to do. Um, I don't know what the reaction from the Gold Coast fans has been to that. I mean, you wouldn't be overly enamoured with it, <laughs> would you see? You know, the, the various problems they've had with capping mm. and, and all that to, to have a game taken away. I, I mean, suppose it's it... made possible with the three three sort of match-ups. Mm. You know, obviously, there's two home games, one away or, or vice versa. And, and I think there is a bit that. of tweaking with the, with the regional round coming up as well. And I think if they do it as a one-off, um, particularly if there's something going on on the Gold Coast on that particular weekend where they feel that they might not get the crowd... As much of a card that they get, it might not be I mean, bad idea. If this is a precedent, I mean, where does it stop? Does does every team sell their home game against Melbourne Victory to get a cut of a forty thousand crowd? Where be... does the Harry deal fit in that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. very good. Yes, very good point. Oh, it's a can of worms for me. Let's just leave FFA, it. alone. we need to step in here before this gets Let's out. Let's leave it alone. All right, that's it for a quick uh, tour of the news on our website au.442.com. We will be back in part two for a more detailed preview of the forthcoming A-League season, which gets ever closer. Before we break, though, we've just got to tell you about next week's show. Whoa. I hope you sit, four, sit down. Four, sit down four, if you're two, <laughs> Insider goes live and interactive. We have got four Qantas Socceroos coming in, courtesy of Qantas. Thank you very much for, uh, for supplying us. They are going to be in the office here. Yeah. Uh, between 2 and 3 o'clock we hope next week and we will be broadcasting live someone said on the website isn't that just like radio yeah <laughs> but thought, imagine if yes, it is but it's back to the future yeah <laughs> but if, if, if we'd said uh, you know 442 Insider goes radio I don't think that would no, make much sense would it however there is a difference in that you will be able to log on to this cool natty piece of interactive software uh, the store is on the website and you will be able to ask questions live of the players whilst we're on air Yep. Um, so, pl- yeah. Please register. I'll, I'll put the link um, in the news story for this podcast, the way you can click through so you can register with it so we know, we know who's turning up on the day. It's free. So, you know. Free to get involved. Get involved. Get your questions ready. We, as soon as we know which four players are coming in, we will let you know so you can get your questions uh, primed and ready to load. 
All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in part two to talk A-League. This month's new 442 magazine celebrates the return of Harry Kuehl and Brett Emerton as it previews the return of the A-League with a profile on every club and an interview with a player from every team. We speak to rising soccerer James Troy Isi from Turkey. Wayne Rooney chats to us about his new hair and winning title number 20 this year. We go behind the scenes at Barcelona to discover what Pep Guardiola is really like and our series of features assessing youth development starts at Dutch Giants Ajax. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. All right, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We are going to talk A-League. We are just over a week from the big kickoff. The A-League already? Can't wait. It's already it's come around so quick, quick, isn't it? It's like, um, obviously, next week we will preview round one in detail and the matchups. But let's just uh, have a quick tour of all the clubs. Look at some of the big movers, uh, who's in, who's out, and how we think they'll do. Let's do it in alphabetical order. Adelaide, last season finished third. Uh, key movers in, Zenon Caravella, Spasadilevsky, Bruce Gitte, Osama Malik, John McCain, Dario Vidasic, Eugenie Levchenko. Out has gone Robbie Cornthwaite, Ian Fife, Travis Dodd, Lucas Pantelis, Adam Hughes, Matthew Leckie, and Marcus Flores. So, what do we think, guys? Can they... Can they Fill the void left by Flores. Life without Marcos. Well, look, let's face it. Rini never really liked Marcos, did he? And we did know he? we know that. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team plays under Rini. A um, lot of quality's gone out, but a lot of quality's come in. I think they're good enough for the six. I, yeah. I think it's a fantastic team. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if they, you know, weren't at least in the four and pushing for the for the top two. I think I've. Got them third in my prediction. I mean, to give you an idea of what it's like doing these early predictions, you can talk about it a month later, and all of a sudden, yeah. everything else is all over the place. But you know, the attacking options have got you know people. You know what you're going to get from Van Dijk. He's a you know consistent A-League goal scorer, and if Fidesic settles, then they'll be there or thereabouts. Well, it's sort of, you look at the ins and the outs, and it sort of balances itself out. The only thing that I would say is that I'm not convinced that they've replaced the pace out wide that Dodd provided and Lecky provided. I think if you said where where are they lacking, it would probably be that you know that speedster that can get behind defences as Lecky did a lot. I, th- um, I think is Ian Ramsey in the squad. I think they may have re-signed him recently. I think he might provide that. Yeah. But I think that's on one side. I think for me the key for Adelaide is that they've got a coach who's now in his second season in the A League. He knows what to expect now, and that's going to be a key for him. I think. Yeah, and they started you know brilliantly last season and, and mm. fell away in a pretty hideous fashion. But now they've had plenty of time to regroup. Um, if they can hit a bit of consistency, then yeah, they'll, they'll be there. Mm. And big seasons for Jitte and Vidasic. Obviously, they've, they've had A League experience. They've been abroad. Uh, you'd probably say that their their overseas adventures didn't really reach the the heights that they probably hoped when they went. Um, so you know now's the chance to come back, reassert themselves locally. Obviously, there is a coach mm. here now who's willing to pick A League players in the Socceroos squad. I mean, do you, do you see this being a, a real sort of landmark season for them? Look, I think it's going to be a great season for them. They're one of the seven teams I think that are actually strengthened this season, and that's the problem with some clubs is that. You know, I'm picking Central Coast to do well, but all these other teams have strengthened. So I think perhaps only two haven't strengthened. So yeah, um, I mean, Vidasic top six. Yeah, I mean, Vidasic just kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. I mean, that's a big signing when he was sort of breaking into the soccer. Mm. People were talking about him, you know, being the new 
you know, creative force in attacking midfield for the national team. So the fact he's gone back to Adelaide, and um, if he performs um, how we know he can, then yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd be one of the league's best players. Where would you play him? Um, well, I think I mean he might, you know, sit quite high forward, maybe behind GT and, and Van Dijk, and, and those three as a front three would yeah. be pretty lethal. Okay, Brisbane Roar, can they uh, do what no champions have ever done before, which is go back to back? Normally, it's uh, you know, it's feast and famine uh, when it comes to yeah, yeah that's you know, right. the A uh, Inns, Adnan, Berisha, Nakajima, Farah, <laughs> Kofi Dallin, Matt German, Jack Hingert. Out has gone Matt Mackay, Solazano, Costa Barbarousis, and Luke Devere. So obviously, coming in a, a few players that will have struggled to have seen or know much about. Uh, obviously, Ange has got his system of playing, so we, you trust that he's looked at these players and thought that they can slot into the system. But mm. on paper, there's some big losses there. You know, four real key players for their championship-winning mm. team. And obviously, the big question is, can they re- replicate what they did last year? I mean, what's pivotal? I mean, the, the people like uh, German and Danning, I, th- I think, are pretty solid signings, especially German. Um, it all depends on those guys that have come in who, I, to be honest, I don't really know a lot about, but you could have said that about some of the players that came in last season and they ended up and who performing. Who was talking about Thomas Browick? Exactly, yeah. So, so that's, that's pivotal, how, how those new signings you know, settle. Uh, speaking to Eric Partle, who just recently, the, the big Bahraini centre-half has really settled well and uh, um, there's a feeling up there that they're, they're going to do OK because these new, play, new players who've been brought in have got the right attitude according to Eric, um, and uh, they suit the system, and they're intelligent. We, what we know is they're going to play the same way, yeah. and it's going to be very hard to play against them. And it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to stop, even though you know they're going to play that way. They'll, they'll be tough. Okay. Uh, Top six, definitely. The Top Mariners, Graham Arnold, Central Coast. Uh, Inns, Michael Baird, Troy Hearfield, Stu Misalik, Justin Passfield, Adriano Pellegrino, and Brad McDonald. Outs, Jess Van Stratton, who's been released, and Patricio Perez, who obviously returned home. Right, what do we think? Popular I mean, choice amongst our uh, pundits in this this month's issue. Right, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with the squad. He, he seems to have add, added some good squad players to an already good squad. My, my concern about this, no team that has lost the grand final has gone on to win the following year and that's very common across football things like when Liverpool runners up in the Premier League they fell away after Newcastle done the same generally there, there is a hangover and people deny this so, you know no, there is when teams just fall away and especially the way the Mariners lost last year that they might feel that that was their moment to do it and they've now got to rebuild I mean luckily it was so long ago they've got plenty of time to, you know, to, to build back up again Um I think a, a meaning's going to be important. That's another thing that, that you notice from European moves. When players are sold and then loaned back, it often doesn't work because that player Mentally has kind of, already, moved, yeah. kind of already left. Um, I mean, he, he, you know him better than me, Ode. I mean, he's a good lad whose head screwed on, so he's unlikely to sort of be thinking about Europe as much as perhaps some other players would be. But, yeah, I've just got concerns about teams bouncing back. I think they'll be consistent and hard to beat and up there, but I don't think they'll win. I think they're one of the few teams where the outs and the ins is, is the biggest difference in quality. I mean, you look at the outs and the ins, and that's a massive input of quality coming in. I tipped them about a month ago to win it. Since Harry and Brett have signed, and looking at some of the other signings as well, um, 
I'm now sort of having a few second thoughts. It's but a problem with those print deadlines, eh, Nola? When do we have to put our... Uh... <sighs> yeah. But uh, look, it's a really good team, and Arnie knows how to get to a grand final. He's going to hate me for picking them because he always likes to have something to rail against. But I think they're still going to do very well. Well, myself, Ado, and not surprisingly, Alex Wilkinson. <laughs> no. So, to, uh, to win a home and away. But let's, let's just be clear. When we made these predictions, Harry Kuehl and Brett Edmonton had not signed for their yeah. respective clubs. Uh, all right, Gold Coast United. Miron, still at the helm. Last season, fourth. This is, you know, Gold Coast is probably one of the biggest question marks in this. In the, I, I, I defy anyone to predict where they're going to finish. I think I had them bottom in my prediction because I had to put someone bottom and that was Inns, Peter Jungschlager Maka Richters Dylan McAllister, Paul Beekmans Ante Rosic, Dylan McGowan Samuel Gebrehivite You're going to say Samuel L. Jackson there <laughs> and Amber Siam Outs, Jason Kalina, Zeon Caravella Bruce Jitte, Dino Dilbich Steve Pantelides, Bas Vandenbrink, and Shane Smeltz. I mean, a lot that's of that's a lot of you know, that's effectively the heart of their team gone. Yeah, you know, replaced with a, a group of players that again that we you probably haven't seen regularly. Um, there's a few there that we know, Dylan McAllister and, uh, and Dylan McGowan, um, but the other guys, it's really going to be a suck it and see. What do we think? I, I think you're right. I think it could be a spectacular success or it could be a spectacular failure. I just can't pick this lot because I don't know enough about the new players coming in. Mm. And what system is Miron going to have dreamt up with eight months one, to think about it? One, one, six. The wine, <laughs> one. The wine glass. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, like it's, I think it's very difficult to back them for the finals and, unless you're making a prediction you know, just to get some attention towards your prediction. I mean, across the guys that um, were suggesting, you know, in the magazine, no one had them in the top six, and that's right. and that's no surprise. But I'm actually quite looking forward to watching them. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's one of those where you just don't know what they're going to think. You know, they could be awesome. They could yeah. look at it and go, yeah, wow. Just a load of fearless youngsters. Everyone thinks they've got no chance, and Mira lets them go gung-ho. Maybe, I mean, but... Well, they've won the Youth League for the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah. and it makes, it makes <laughs> yeah. sense. It's almost part of what we want the A-League to be, is those players progressing. But, I mean, when the A-League first... Sorry, when Gold Coast first launched, um, how different was it? They seemed like they were just trying to buy the league with proven experience. They were very attacking. Then they now went, they're selling games. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then they became this very defensive <laughs> they're trading team trading home season. games for cash. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm look, I'm, look, I'll be watching them in their early rounds just to see. See, I might have a little look on FIFA this weekend. Mm. <laughs> might have a little, a little game on FIFA, see what they look like. God, I mean, that's one of, we used to do that in the mag, didn't we? The sort of like tactical breakdown of you know so and so. But each year you'd read it like two rounds in, and you're like, <laughs> you've mm. got this so wrong. All right, Melbourne Heart, John Van Skip still in uh, in charge. Their last season, their debut season, they finished eighth. Inns, Mycon, Fred. Matty Daganzic, David Williams, and Jonathan Germano. Out, John Aloisi is retired. Dean Heffernan, uh, Joseph Skoko is retired. Gerald Seabon, who returned home to uh, Holland, and Michael Beecham is headed off to Sydney FC. Okay, what do we think? I think Solid that's a... start from them last year. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, as we say in our, our preview, they had a, a really sort of experienced spine of a team. They've replaced that with rapid pace and, and some really good young players so they're, they're going to be very very different and they'll move the ball around quickly mm. and they'll, they'll try and get those fast men in behind um, yeah I, I, I can see them sort of nibbling around the, the finals and as a coach you think you know Van Skip's had a season to have a look at the A-League 
you know, get familiar with the surroundings, get familiar with the challenge, and has now recruited players that he <laughs> thinks he needs to do the job. And the most Brazilian A-League team in the competition. Uh, can't wait to see them. I think the ins definitely outweigh the outs. Um, and the Melbourne Derby round three, I'll be there. Um, Ada, you're in Melbourne these yeah. days. Are you a heart or a victory man? I can't comment. <laughs> I cannot comment on I that. Thought, yeah, I think you might be a heart man, but there you go. Well, I am from Sunderland, but... Uh, <laughs> no, look, uh, um, I think Hart are going to be top six this year. I think there's enough quality there. Um, yeah, top six for me. Right. All right, Melbourne victory. Fifth last season, new coach this year, Durakovic. Uh, Inns, Tando Valapi. Asaka Cernak, John Carlos Solazano, Marco Roas, Harry Kuehl, uh, Fabio, is he Fabino? Fabinho. Fabinho. Uh, and Lawrence Thomas from Sheffield United. Outs, Riccardinho, Matti Duganzic, Suatsuka, Marvin Angulo, Seb Matai, Jeff Kellaway, Evan Berger, Robbie Cruz, Kevin Musket, Michael Petkovic. So that's a big out list. Uh, some peripheral figures, but some pretty... Uh, Central figures, especially uh, Robbie Cruz and Kevin Muscat. Um, so again, big change around at Victory. New coach. Will it take them time to settle, or do you think they're going to hit the ground running? Obviously, it's all going to be about Harry for the first few weeks at Although, least. I think I think Marco Rojas, from what I saw against Celtic, he is going to he is yeah, going to benefit out of all of those strikers. He's going to be one who's going to benefit from having Harry in that team. He is going to have an outstanding season. Yeah. I was actually watching the game with the Celtic, the, the non-playing Celtic players, and then ended up having a few drinks afterwards with uh, Neil Lennon and the the players that they picked out from the from the victory side was. Um, was Roas and also Fashini. Yeah. Right. And they also picked out Josh Rose in the first game. In the Mariners game, game yeah. yeah. Which is fair. We, we, we've been saying for... I mean, just a bit disappointed in his age. Yeah. If he was 22, 23. Um, <clears throat> uh, victory for me, champions. I think they'll do the double. Um, did you predict that in the mag? I did indeed, yeah. Um, and, and that's nothing to do with Harry. That, that was a prediction that was down before Harry. And uh, yeah. I'm not, I don't think Harry will be their best player next year. I think he'll make an impact I've got them winning the grand final we've both got the same grand final right okay yeah I, I, I just I mean mm. their wealth of attacking options is scary and they should be able to outscore any and they've team still got Danny also and Archie. to pull on yeah I mean people forget that yeah and, yeah. and is you know I mean it's it's just an incredible attacking unit and and at the back um, you know Adrian Lay is a, a great player and, and so and I believe they might be signing um, uh, the Socceroo former Socceroo defender Adrian Madaski I believe he yeah, okay. may have Try signed or, yeah. or might, well, might be signing the point as I said was those two centre backs you know are great but they couldn't afford to lose one of them for any sort of length of period but if they've got good cover then yeah. I really think they're, they'll be tough to stop what a city to live in Melbourne yeah yeah mm. looks great all right, Newcastle Jets, Franco in charge, uh, last season seventh. Inns, Thiago Calvano, uh, Bjorn from Sydney FC, Chris Payne from the Fury, and Jason Kalina, although that's now and out. Um, Adam Deputzo has left, uh, Zhang Shuo has left, Sasha Petrovsky's gone, Sean Rooney's been released, Michael Bridges has retired, uh, Fiorentini's been released, Neil Young has left, Brody Moy has gone, and Casper Tafta has been released. Not looking good on paper. For the Jets, <laughs> is it? Not good enough. Uh, obviously, Jason Kalina's out for the season. Um, there's talk in the, of Adam uh, Joel Griffiths coming back. That has been rumoured today. I've seen that 
mm. on Twitter, uh, either looking potentially at Sydney FC or Newcastle Jets. You'd say that they certainly need somebody um, to sort of be the figurehead of that. What what is encouraging is they've got a, a members count on their thing. Obviously, they've put it at really really affordable membership price, and I think they're up to eight thousand six hundred. Mm. Yep, that's great. which would probably put them second after Melbourne Victory. I, think. Yeah, I don't know of any other team that's would, got yeah. more. Than we 8, we were discussing members. the raw memberships last week. Oh, it's um, tiny. Mm. I could not believe less it. Less than two thousand last year. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hart said about three and a half. So yeah. most clubs are under five. Sydney They're about, over five. Sydney and was about six and a half, seven last season. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, great news for the Jets and and those eight thousand people will get to um, watch them battle to avoid the wooden spoon with Wellington. Um, they won't get out of the bottom two mm. based on this squad that I'm talking about today. Yeah. Payne scored two in, a, in an intra club trial match yesterday, a 4 1 game. Richie Cardozo's on trial there as well at the moment, the VPL Media Player of the Year, top goal scorer down yeah, there. Yeah, he's getting big raps on the Yeah, yeah. Um, but, gee, it's going to be a tough year. I, I, there's no other way you can look at it. Because, not because of the squad that they've got, but because. Uh, I think virtually every other club has strengthened, except for, let's say, Wellington and Gold Coast, we don't know. I mean, Tink, you know, Tinkler's got money. Do we see them potentially going down the guest stint route, uh, you know, effectively a marquee guest player for, for a third of the season to, mm. you know, if they don't start off particularly well and the crowds, you know, obviously their main marquee player that spent a lot of money mm. on is not going to kick a ball this season. You know, maybe they look at, uh, can we get a big name in on a guest stint? Well, maybe he's certainly got money. He's a billionaire now. He just moved into the, the billionaire's nice. Isn't he the, the, the wealthiest man under 40 under, in the country? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so he was about 600 million before. And he's he's found a lazy 400 million last just, weekend. Yeah, just been a good couple Ooh, of weeks. Cu- just been a good couple of weeks. And he's, back, he's, up, to a, he's up to a billion now. So, yeah, you, it's a surprise that, he, you know, he's slashed the ticket prices and I then thought it was going to lay on sort of a, you know, incredible team. But it, it seems really community-focused mm. as in... Um, you know, some of the community might get a game. Yeah. Having said that, yeah, if, if ever there, there's a, a community that likes to be the battler, it'll be it's Newcastle. They love that underdog status. They had it yeah. all throughout the NSL. Do you know? Um, the, the, and playing in a cool kit as well, the Barcelona. Love kit. the kit. Yeah. Do, do you know what the Jets will be? They will be irritatingly hard to beat. They'll be really dogged, and they mm. they will fight for everything. And they'll they'll grind out of you know a frustrating draw at victory or something like that well, it's an interesting period for the club up there and not just the Jets I mean the whole new you know Hunter Sports Group taking over the Knights and obviously mm. they've got Wayne Bennett up there NRL super coach they're signing joint sponsorship deals mm. I think it would be a really interesting you know season to watch how that this the, this sort of sporting club feet, you know that we've talked about before on the mm. podcast you know maybe this is the answer not to fight against the rival codes, but to actually partner with them. If our seasons are not going to overlap anymore, or very, you know, overlap at the start of their season, you mm. know, like I, there's nothing to stop. And the Knights were getting phenomenal crowds towards the end of the mm. season because he's done exactly the same in the mm. Rugby League with the ticket pricing that he has done in the A League. You know, mm. so if the Knights are getting twenty thousand, why can't the Jets? Mm. You know? I think that was the idea behind Parramatta Power, who teamed up with the Parramatta Eels, Leagues Club yeah. about ten years ago. But that was a that was a disaster in the end. Okay. So it depends on how you, you go about it, who, the people who are involved and how you do it. 
Yeah. I saw that from the inside because my actual office at Inside Soccer was in Parramatta. So we were there most days and it never worked. How much is a general attendance ticket to Newcastle if you, if you just rocked up over there around the 20? That... It's really cheap. No, it's cheaper than that. It's cheap. Because, but... really, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all for that and the crowds go up and stuff. I only mention this because, um, without name dropping, I was speaking to Tom Payne on Monday, who's the president of LA Galaxy. Hang on, I'll just pick that one up. <laughs> and... Uh, he was um, he was saying about ticket pricing, and he said one of the things he said when he came in, he goes, we're not going to slash our prices. And to use an American term, he goes, you seem like a minor league sport if you charge minor league prices. He goes, there has to be a balance where you're charging a reasonable amount so people haven't, you know, expect to go and see a reasonable product. And if you throw away tickets for nothing, then people don't expect a lot which is perhaps what they'll get out of the Jets. Well, maybe they, they cut prices early in the MLS, but I think now they're not. No, and, no. Uh, we're still early on in our development. But but it didn't work necessarily, cutting the price. I, I think there's, you need to have a little bit of credibility by charging a reasonable price. Yeah. Okay. Perth Glory. Again, mm. another big season. We say this every year, but it's a big season uh, for They look Perth. great. They look great on paper. And Ian Ferguson. Last season, they finished 10th. Um, Inns, Travis Dodds, Shane Smeltz, Liam Miller, Bass Vandenbrink, Danny Vukovic, Evan Berger, Adam Hughes, Neil Young, Billy Mehmet. Whew. Good Inns. Andrezinho and Jesse Macaroonis. Uh, out, Tando Lappi, Jamie Coyne, Adriano Pellegrino, Robbie Fowler, Andy Todd, Andrea Jukic. Brent Griffiths, Branko Jelic, Harold Von Dijk, Alex Pearson, Norm Se- Sekolovsky, Dean Heffernan Jeez. and Anthony Scott. Dean Heffernan's Dean been released by two teams. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he gets released by his Chinese club. Double this. <laughs> it's a hat-trick. Double this for we Dino. Love All right, lads. Can, can Fergie mould this squad into a team and start getting results? You know, as we said on last season on paper... It's there, you know, he's brought in some seasoned A-League experience there uh, with a few sort of, you know, potential finds with uh, Liam Miller and Billy Mehmet, who's been scoring goals for them in pre-season. Mm. Yeah. Look, I mean, I watched them on Saturday against Sydney FC, went down there, yeah. and uh, they were good. They were good. I didn't see them against Central Coast. Kevin Ayres saw them. He, he said they were a little bit... Cotton coal, but he's not a big Perth fan, though. He isn't. Yeah, the, no, the, he's not a Fergie cu- fan under the current regime. No, though. no. Look, what I saw was a team on Saturday that that had good shape. Um, they were compact um, and they fought really hard. Billy Mehmet looks like great signing, um, and Vukovic is going to have a great season as well. You, you know, if you if your spine is strong, it's often a, a good sign. I think Vukovic um, and Mehmet at the opposite ends are going to be good. Um, how, how good are they going to be? I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you have to say that there's a few... Sites. Liam Miller's my um, tip for player of the year. I think he'll come in and do a, a bit of a poor Eiffel job. He's, you know, great pedigree, decent age to do something. I think that that's a real... I mean, you look at it, you know, in theory, you know, Travis Dodd on one side, Stajowski on the other... Mehmet and Schmelz up front mm. with Liam Miller pulling the strings just That's behind. a great team. That's, that's a really you know, good team. <laughs> that's not a bad front sort of five, you know. Yeah. So, but th- they didn't have that bad a team last year, and no. they were horrendous. Well, they, they started, started well. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they became progressively bad. And um, Look, I think uh, the first six weeks is going to be key for Fergie. This is, this is the season to prove himself. We said that last season, but this really is the season to prove himself. Okay, Sydney FC. Levitska still in charge last season ninth Inns Brett Emerton really when did that happen yeah um, you can play Sam. Jamie Coyne from Perth Pascal Boschart from Holland Michael Beecham from the heart Carol Kissel 
Uh, out, Stephen Keller was released. Hayden Fox retired. Brendan Gann released. Stu Mashalik went to the Mariners. Coffee Dallin, Raw. Matt German went to the Raw. Bjorn is headed up to Newcastle. Anthony Golek was released. Big season for Vitislav. Yeah, well, certainly a big start to the season. Some would say well. lucky to still be in the job. He's so nice that you can't, oh, no, you it's can't sack him. Um, Sydney hard to call, aren't they? I, I'm, I'm really not sure. I'll be surprised if they didn't sneak into the finals somehow. But Oh, I think um, they'll do better than that. I think with that team, I mean, that's a, the ins are definitely out, outweigh the outs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you, what about... I think if they got Colossima at centre-back, I'd feel more confident about predicting them you know, to well, if the rumours are correct, he might be coming yeah. back. Well, this is it, yeah. Um, but, um, Nicky Carl was a big player for them. I mean, last year, he was the guy that was mm. going to come in and replace Corica and make everything happen. He was outstanding on Saturday, the first half. Yeah, I mean, he's been brilliant in pre-season, brilliant. scoring brilliant. freely yeah. as well. And he's also, he's a second striker as well, which is interesting. Maybe Everton coming in takes the pressure off Nicky Carl yeah, a little bit. You know, absolutely. it's like gives him time to just sort of go yeah. under the radar a yeah. bit, play his game. But also, you know, do some of that legwork in midfield that you know like Nick Carl shouldn't be doing mm. you know and I think we, we you know we talked about that and, and you know, he's not he's not a central midfielder as mm. in he's not going to be box to box he's not going to be defending mm. you don't want him to defend you know and sometimes it seems to be his own worst enemy because he is so desperate to prove that he's not a luxury player that yeah. he, he ends up in places on the pitch that he doesn't need to be or, or shouldn't be, you know. I think that's what Sydney FC have figured out and they played him as a second striker on the weekend and it worked beautifully yeah. because he's not chasing back uh, expending energy. Emo, you had Emo on one side, I think Shannon Cole on the other, great athletes. Um, Terry Antonis, who's another great athlete, and McFlynn sitting in the, in the, in the hole there. It looked a good combination and let's not forget Kazarine as well. Well, I, I remember that goal, was it at Perth where Nicky Carl and Kazarine interchanged two or three times. You know, that... That, to me, is where he needs to be, you know. And I, I really hope Terry Antonis gets a run because that's, you know, this is what the A-League is for, yeah. you know. And, and he will develop his game playing alongside Brett Emerton. Emerton, I hope they sort of, I don't know, I don't know whether they'll be tempted to play him through the middle. But I think, you know, Sydney have lacked, even when they won the league, like two years ago, they lacked any natural width. You know, Kissel wasn't really a wide player. McFlynn was playing on the mm. left-hand side of the diamond for a lot of it. You know, and I'd, I'd be tempted to say, play a natural game, play wide yeah, out the yeah. right. You know, yeah. let's let's get some crosses in. Kazarin's great in the air, good player in the air, and Nicky Cole feeding in yeah. the middle. Yeah, and that, I mean that's what they're doing on the weekend. Brett was basically playing as a wide midfielder, yeah. and I think from memory, Shannon was playing on the other side with Jamie Coyne taking his spot on the right side of defence, with Pascal and uh, Beachy in the centre. Um, I think the top six definitely, t- definitely top six. Okay. okay, last team, Wellington Phoenix. Ricky Herbert still in charge. Uh, last season they finished sixth. Uh, Inns, Nick Satalios, uh, Jimmy Downey, Danny Sanchez, Tony Warner, Lucas Pantelis. Out, Nick Ward, Diego Walsh, Oscar Cornejo, uh, James Musa, Troy Hearfield, Jade North, Danny Vukovic, Reese Crowther, Dylan McAllister, Marcus Roash, and Dean Heffernan. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's half the people that live Did you say Tony there. Warner? Did you say Tony Warner? Is he, have they signed Tony Warner? Wasn't he on the bench for like Tony years? Warner from Tranmere. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. he with Liverpool for years and years? Is that the same with Tony Warner? Yeah, he might have been the reserve keeper. Yeah. Well, he, he must be about 50 or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of outs. <laughs> so of transitional outs. time for Phoenix on and off the pitch. Obviously under new ownership, new era for the club. 
they've certainly got a great base to build on, but this will be a, a big season for them. Mm. I mean, every season they lean on that home form and what it's like, and they'll have to really lean on it um, this season. Um, They need to solve the problem of their absolutely hideous away form that they just couldn't get their head around last season. And you'd have that doesn't look like a squad that's going to be able to, you know, do that currently. Mm. Um, Yeah, they need to sort out, you know, new players' contracts. They they need to get new players in. Um, I I can't see them making the finals at the minute. Yeah, obviously you'd say Paul Eiffel. Staying injury free is critical. Well, staying injury free and signing a new contract is mm, critical. Yeah. Mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, I hope they do. I think everyone has a bit of a soft spot for Wellington, and you know, and Ricky Herbert and Paul Eiffel and mm. stuff. So I do hope they prove me wrong. And but... best kit in the league. Mm. And new uh, Adidas kit, fantastic. Yeah. 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 And that's also, yeah, that's, uh, that's something else I'm looking forward to is seeing the, you know, finally yeah. clubs with a bit more of their own identity, their own kits. You know, we've seen some good kits released and. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a cracking season. Yeah. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll be previewing round one in detail next week. But that's our sort of overview of who's in and who's out the A League. A, a brief mention for David Carney, um, and if he's likely to come back and, and where he might go, because at the moment, uh, since he's being clubless. released by West Ham, he's clubless mm. and it's going to get harder. Mark County harder. was the last I heard. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jets. I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, I suppose Jets or, or Wellington. Wellington seems. It actually suits isn't? Sydney because of you know a bit of width as well. And if they could afford, you yeah. know, to get to get him under the cap or afford to do whatever with him. Yeah, mm. it'd be ideal for Sydney, I think. All right, that's it for an elongated part two, but definitely worth it. Took us a while to get through the ten clubs, so that's it for part two. We'll be back in part three to look at some of the overnight and uh, action this week from the UEFA Champions League. We all have goals, but sometimes we need a little help along the way. The best advice and assistance on your journey can make an enormous difference. Tiger Management and PR represents up-and-coming and established TV and radio presenters, performers and sports people. So if you're wondering how you'll rise to the next level, engage the services of Tiger Management and PR and you'll no longer be alone. Call 1-300-784-212 to find out more or visit tigermanagement.com.au. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We are going to do a quick review of the European action over the last weekend and this week. Uh, We'll do Champions League first. Uh, quick round up of the action uh, AC Milan 2 Pulsen 0 uh, Ibrahimovic and Cassano Arsenal important home win against Olympiacos uh, two new signings there Oxlade Chamberlain opened the scoring and uh, Santos with the second before Olympiacos got one back and then, yeah and then just an exhibition on how bad can we defend and, and still manage to scrape through winning still massive massive problems there I wouldn't read too much into that as a whole Barté, Borisov, nil, Barcelona, five. Messi with another two goals. Only, only two, no hat-trick. Mm. Barté, Borisov. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his stats are just getting ridiculous. I mean, I, I've, I'm just having a look at them here. I mean, in, in La Liga so far, he's played five matches. He's scored eight goals and had five assists. <laughs> I think I read something that he's scored, I think, I think it's like 12 goals in all competitions and 10 assists. Yeah, this you know we're what a month into the season. I think Trevor was saying some players would like that for for the season. For the season. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen two Genk nil Marseille three Borussia Dortmund nil Shakhtar the next one Apple Nicosia one Valencia uh, Chelsea 
Lampard opened the scoring in, early in the second half, but then a late penalty from Soldano equaled it up. Back, back in favour, Lampard. But people are so knee-jerk on these. He's over, he's gone. Scores a goal. He's back. <laughs> he's back starting. Uh, Zenit 3, Porto 1. Uh, games on Tuesday. I mean, we'll talk about the big talking point. But uh, Bayern Munich uh, brought Man City back down to earth a little bit. Genuinely educated them in that the game. First half. Mm, yeah. Is that a yardstick of, sort of where City are at? Yeah, obviously they're uh, they sort of look all conquering in the Premier League. Mm. How good were Bayern? Yeah, um, I mean, sort of first half it was this a real sense of inevitability about the goals. They were they were mm. just you know all over them. And the, the biggest criticism of City has been that uh, you know their defence, their back two, just isn't good enough to win a Champions League. Well, Bayern haven't conceded a goal in I think it's like six or seven games now since so they uh, they've won nine on the trot. And haven't conceded, so um, it's phenomenal. Uh, Inter got a, a winner, a dramatic winner at Seska Moscow, 3 2. Leon, 2 0 against Zagreb. Uh, Man United. What a game. Chippers. Again, you know, this is probably one that they would have had as a, as a home banker. Uh, and when United were 2 0 up at half time, it certainly looked that way with two early goals from Welbeck. But then uh, Fry with a hat trick. Um, well, oh no, it's not. It's, it was it was one two fries. It was a fry up. Hey. Uh, they went three two up, and then Ashley Young scored a, an equaliser in the last minute. I mean, that, that's a real surprise. I was saying Chip to got on the pitch as well near yeah. the end. Yeah, the yeah. in-game betting you could have got um, you could have got three hundred and fifty to one while they were two down. Um, you still wouldn't have won, but they certainly got closer than you would expected. Have been exciting, yeah. Though, uh, Napoli won 2-0 uh, against Villarreal which you'd say now like you know, that turns the pressure up on Man City because obviously Napoli going to Man City and getting a draw uh, Man City going to Bayern Munich and getting beat Real Madrid took care of uh, Ajax comfortably uh, Benfica uh, beat Otilel Galati uh, Travis on sport drew with Lille uh, and that was it obviously the big talking point though let's talk about it Carlos Tevez yeah Allegedly, refused to play, refused to go onto the pitch. Um, he's now, 24 hours later, or his people have come out and said that that wasn't the case. It was a misunderstanding. I don't believe him. Yeah. What What's surprising for me, this is a guy that sat on the bench for five months at West Ham because we wouldn't drop Marlon Harewood. Because <laughs> we didn't play him when he first signed him because we didn't want to get Harewood out of, uh, out of his side. So he's obviously built one hell of an ego in that time. And yeah, the, the, I mean, his English isn't the best, but it looked like who was bringing him on was speaking to him. And I didn't know who that was, that coach, but I, I assume it's someone who could speak, you know, um, to Tevez in his native tongue. Um yeah, I mean, and he was explaining to him what he wanted him to do. Yeah, yeah. and his teammate was yeah. Tevez's teammate was saying something. It just reeks of a of a bad excuse, well, man. I mean, the situation was was that Mancini bought off Jeco uh, to put De Jong on, and Jeco was not happy about it either. He sort of spat the dummy a little bit, which is which is less of a crime because you 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 know Mancini said he said look I'll speak to him, but. I don't expect players to be happy if I substitute them. Uh, the odd thing, obviously, was that he was replacing a striker with a defensive midfielder at 2-0 down. Uh, and then his, his explanation this was that he didn't want to go 3-0 down and there was still 35 minutes to go and he wanted to shore things up for a few minutes and then bring on Tevez and Tevez basically refused to play. Um, I mean, I had a not tirade getting, about not this getting paid in, enough. in the office. 
I just think it's disgusting. You know, I think the, the amount of money that he gets paid, what is it, a quarter of a million pounds a week, and he refuses to play in the biggest club tournament in football when there are millions of people around the world that would do that for nothing. I just think the guy doesn't deserve to be a footballer. Yeah, I mean, if it, if I was a particularly um, you know vengeful person and I owned that club, um, I'd be in a financial position to see how he fancies playing the rest of the season. The reserves. Well, th- yeah, the one thing is they are one of the few clubs in the world that can afford to hang him out to dry. Yeah. And say, right, now we'll keep paying you, but you are not going to play football. Yeah. You know, uh, but I question whether Carlos Tevez will be happy with that. Well, you know, if you don't want to, pl- you know, if he doesn't want to play in the Champions League. Yeah, you know, I, I just think the whole thing stinks. And he spent a whole summer trying to engineer a move when he didn't get his way. And, and part of me thinks that he saw people like Aguero coming in and the way they started the season and thought, hang on a minute, you know, I could win the Champions League with this. Now finds that he isn't guaranteed a starting place and has now refused to come on as a substitute. It's so strange because as a player, you know, unbelievably dedicated when he's on the pitch, never stops running. You know, mm. fans love him for that. But he's got a completely opposite... You know, can't, can't you know, uh, yeah, okay. Part of football these days is trying to engineer a move and handing in a transfer request and all of this crap that, that we don't like, but it's part of the game. Refusing to play, how do you go to training and look your teammates in the eye? How do you uh, get we on the were, flight home? We were two nil down, home. and this guy refused to come on and try and help the cause. How do you recover from that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's difficult. <laughs> you know, he. he he has done this across his career. I mean, the, the discussion point that's come from it is who'd be willing to risk him. But, I mean, they've had that, you know, before with players, there'll always be someone willing to come along. And that's part of the problem, risk. really. Yeah. Because if everyone in football went, you know what, none of, nobody wants someone like that at their club. He's dis- you know, he's not just disrespecting Man City, he's disrespected the game. Yeah. You know, and everything about, you know, it's like, okay, he gets paid an awful lot of money, but the money's irrelevant. You're a, you're a footballer and you refuse to play football. Mm. Just don't get it, mm. you know, and, and he deserves never to play again. I don't. I think thoughts? Sir Alex would be looking at this and going, yeah, I could see this coming miles away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I echo your thoughts completely. Hate, hate that sort of stuff. I hate corruption in football and I hate this sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Premier League, uh, obviously, is now a pace. We are. Six games in, um, Man United and Man City neck and neck on 16 points. Uh, last weekend's action, uh, let's just run through it. So uh, Liverpool beat Wolverhampton 2-1. Uh, goals from own goal, kick things off uh, from Johnson and Suarez on the score sheet. Man City made hard work of it against Everton. Yeah, it did. I mean, mm. not a breakthrough till just over 20 minutes to go. Balotelli, I saw a funny tweet. Someone says, you, you know when Balotelli's not your most disruptive footballer in your squad, that you, <laughs> <laughs> you've got some problems. Um, yeah, and Everton quite often do this when they come up against the big boys. Um, they give them a hard time. They don't make it easy. And um, Yeah, I mean, they went there with Tim Cale leading the line. Mm. Yeah. You when know, they had you know. uh, a fair few strikers on the bench. Mm. Um, let's talk about Cahill's challenge. Yep. On company. Um, pretty ordinary challenge. Yeah, it's, it, it's not, I mean, do we know how long he's out for? Or he's don't been, know. He's been named in the he's soccer been named squad. Named in the squad. So. I, I can't see him certainly not playing it on the on next no. Friday. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it, it but he has a been cleared. Challenge. He was putting himself back in the way that he does. We saw this in the World Cup. He got sent off in the World Cup for what was a very similar challenge to this. You know, making it in an. The only thing is, it was just made as in the World Cup in an area. He doesn't need to go in like that, you know. And Company, I think, was a was a lucky boy because you know Company definitely saw him coming and did you know stamp down on his ankle. But it doesn't, you know get away from the fact that it was a pretty ordinary challenge from Tim um, alright Newcastle continued their good start to the season surprisingly uh, confounding the pundits they're currently fourth in a Champions League spot 12 points from 6 games uh, Denver Bar Denver Bar yeah Trev yeah, we're looking, you Patrick. know, done very, very well at West Ham. Had a pretty average start at Newcastle. Some of the fans were sort of, um, you know, bemoaning how good he actually is. But yeah, I mean, he's, you know, good, strong, powerful striker. He, he's got some genuine long-term problems with his knees. That's why he's failed a lot of medicals bef- before. That's how West Ham got him, because we, right. we didn't give him a medical, because we were so desperate to find someone to stay up. We, we just <laughs> signed him, and it, it, we kind of got away with that, except we went down. But, you know, he, he was a success. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Pardew... Marches on against the odds, doesn't he? Well, I watched um, Villa Newcastle, um, and a player that stuck out for me that I was really impressed with was Kabaye, who they bought from Lille. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, Lille have been very strong in the in the French league, and him and Czech Tiote a real good sort of balance in the centre midfield. Tiote strong, powerful. Kabaye a little bit of guile. Great shot on him. I think. Um, I think they could surprise a few people. Well, they got, they got rid of Nolan and Barton, which were mm. two of their better players. Um, I'm beginning to have real question marks over Nolan as a player. I mean, he's been absolutely dreadful at West Ham. He's a he's a genuine luxury player because he's one of those midfielders that scores a lot, but he does absolutely nothing else. Like he's not quick. He doesn't put himself about. He can't really pass. He he just arrives <laughs> late. Can in the we box. replay a podcast from a few weeks ago? Where <laughs> no, were ma- you singing his praises? Well, of, oh, of course. Like, <laughs> but before he signed, who didn't think that no, the what West Ham fan didn't think Nolan was a good player? But having watched him play for the club, doesn't really do a lot. Where I mean, you're in the league. I think just going back to Newcastle, what a renaissance in England England managers. You know, you've got a fourth place Alan Pardew, and I think a fifth is it a fifth or a sixth with um, Harry Redknapp playing great football as well. Yeah, great to see. Yeah, it's hardly an embarrassment of riches though, is it? I wouldn't want Alan Pardew managing England. Let's be honest. I wouldn't want Harry Redknapp managing England. Seems most likely, though, doesn't it, at the moment, Mm. Redknapp? Yeah, might as well just get a cheerleader in. Um, all right, Stoke, Man United. Uh, Man United dropped their first points of the season, somewhat you'd say predictably away at Stoke. The sort of game as predicted gonna... on this podcast. Yeah, last you know, week. good effort, good effort. I just uh, had that feeling with Stoke. They could have won at Stoke. Yeah. You know, going into Played the really end, well. like, yeah, Crouch had yeah. a couple, you know, little snapshot, and um, perhaps Giggs should have finished that last minute chance though, when he came steaming in. See Ferguson bemoaning uh, the lack of a penalty for. Uh, no. I don't believe it. Chicorito's <laughs> injury, as it turned out, was the. If the, you Google Ferguson bemoaning. <laughs> I also had a bit of a whinge about Crouch, uh, predictably. It's always fouls, yeah, doesn't he? Also. Wins when they, when they drop dare. points. West Brom nil, Fulham nil, uh, Wigan uh, one, Tottenham two, Van der Vaart and Bale on target there. Stupid defending from Wigan then. Got a man sent off as they're getting back into the game. Norwich two, Sunderland one. Your boys, what's going on there? Bruce on the brink, would you say? Oh, the local papers are calling for his head, but uh, woeful, woeful. Bloody ugly head as well. It is, it is. <laughs> no, I was, was going to keep that. <laughs> 
but I still think at the moment it's not like a, a massive sort of available manager. I suppose Martin O'Neill would be the most likely person. Mm. People are calling for managers' heads, but the real question is, who you know, who do you replace them yeah. with? Yeah. Uh, Villa won QPR won predictably an own goal from Richard Dunn three him. minutes into how many own goals has he scored? He scores in his a career. lot. Barry Bannon got a penalty to put Villa ahead. I mean, in a way, you'd say it's always unlucky conceding a third minute of injury time, but yeah. we were lucky to be one up at that point. Quite a lot of draws for Villa. I don't mm. know if you Five s- draws out of six games. <laughs> I, I don't God, know. God, if- it's depressing. I Where are you in the, on the table? Oh, yeah, we're eighth, you know, but Flying. it's just everything everybody feared about Alex McLeish is coming um, true. Did you see the Optus stat, the Villa Optus stat? No. The, um, <clears throat> has he stamped his uh, sort of a style on this team do you think yet I mean is this a, a McLeish team well, well uh, the, 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 this is what it's yeah, just <laughs> yeah if you think, it is that, a McLeish if you think team. that Birmingham City scored less than a goal a game to be relegated last year yes he's yeah. stamping his authority on the team the, mm. the Optus style I was talking about was so you'll um, be relegated <laughs> like we've, yeah, look, I mean look, we scored seven goals in six games and three of those came against Blackburn you know right. probably one of the worst so, they, you know that that's the problem. You know, yes, he has shored us up defensively, which was an issue last season. Dunn and Collins look like the players that we bought rather than the players on the Julio, but we are, you know, a lot of those draws could have very easily been defeats and mm. we could be right down the bottom. Uh, this this opts a stat that I'm determined yeah, to get, on, out. get it out. Um, it, apparently, they're saying that 20% of Villa's balls are, are now long balls and it's the highest percentage in, in all of the Premier League. Which is what you were saying before, wasn't it? They all come in and play that sort of, you know, yeah. more, more direct style. You'll probably keep them up, though. Mid-table for the next right. 20 years. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, well. Uh, Arsenal 3, Bolton nil. Van Persie scored his 100th goals for Arsenal. Uh, not sure how many more he'll be scoring those. The rumours yeah. that he's, uh, he's only got a year and a half on his contract. And this is the situation they got into with Nasri, which was, yeah. you know, if, if he doesn't sign a new contract this season... He's into his last season, he, you know, and Arsenal are faced with the choice of either getting something for him or getting nothing for him. Um, I mean, Ars- yeah, on paper, that's a convincing win. Bolton, let's talk about Bolton, because for all the plaudits yeah. of last season, um, this is nine defeats in ten games. If we look at the last Oof. games in last season, mm. they went bottom. on holiday in about April, uh, didn't yeah. win, I think, lost their last four games, have lost five out of their... Uh, yeah, and, and they're really struggling. Stewie Holden's out of an injury. Mm. Yeah, um, big blow. And this wasn't picked by a lot of people. I mean, the way they played, I think, for the most part of last season. This this season hasn't been picked for the way they've played. I think that they started well, didn't they, under Owen Corn? It's a different style mm. of football, and people were you know, getting quite excited about it. But yeah, they, they sit rock bottom of the table. and Five, looking... five mm. defeats on the bounce. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea uh, comfortably took care of Swansea. Um, Fernando Torres continues his up and down form. Uh, scored a good goal, was playing well, and then in the 39th minute had a complete brain explosion on the halfway line and jumped in two footed. Yeah, I mean, the mm. previous week he played brilliantly, got a goal, mm. and then and missed, missed that sitter, so everyone t- talks about that. Did the same this week, got you know, except getting sent off, and now everyone's just talking about that. And now he's out for three, three games, games when he's just there. coming back yeah. into, you know. And it was, it, what was it, in the centre of the park? Yeah, it was it's just on the totally line. unnecessary. Strikers. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame because, you know, he was, uh, was just starting to, to fire again. Mm. Ramirez continues to improve, two goals, looking good player. 
I mean, do we think Chelsea are still in this? I mean, I know it's too early to say they're three points behind. You know, is is a firing Torres critical to them being able to have any hope of living with Man United and Man City over the whole season? I kind of want Torres to go well, and he he, mm. he seems to be improving. I, I suppose these next three games are the opportunity for the guy or guys who come in to prove that he should stay out of the team. And if they fire well, then perhaps he won't get back in. But um, Otherwise, I think he, they should still persevere with him. He's showing signs of, of mm. returning to some form. Yeah. Well, and the Frank Lampard talk and conjecture really came from this because he was on the bench and uh, the rumours that obviously later on in the game, uh, AVB made a, a change and brought on Josh McEquil instead of Frank Lampard. And Frank Lampard was rumoured to have got up and left the bench and walked down the tunnel before the end of the game. Maybe he just needed a loo. <laughs> um, yeah. Villa spoke, yeah, somebody had to come in and change the guard at Chelsea, you know, because as good a players as they've been, Drogba, John Terry and Frank Lampard cannot play forever. Um, and this, to a degree, was inevitable, you know, and I think the press sometimes look for stories that aren't really there. You know, Lampard's come in today, scored a goal, you know, mm. over the course of the season... Chelsea are going to, you know, if they do well in four competitions, are going to play, you know, not far off 70 games, you know, yeah. 65, 70 games. So it's quite possible that Frank Lampard in his 30s could end up playing 35, 36 games and not featuring as many games. But mm. I think, you know. I think um, Henry Winter, who still remains to be probably one of the best um, UK journalists, done a really good um, column on Lampard saying that, Perhaps he just needs to reinvent himself a little bit and, and sit back a bit more, more as a defensive midfielder. Yeah, as a yeah. defensive midfielder. Because yeah. he always wanted to be that attacking midfielder earlier in his career. That was his goal. Yeah. Now, how old is he now? He's 30, 33. 33. Yeah. You sort of, I sort of get a feeling that, that Chelsea or, or Villas Boas is moving towards a variation of the 4 3 3 that Chelsea have traditionally played to a more 4 2 3 1 with Torres the one, mm. and he seems to be starting to build the way that he wants them to play around Torres. And obviously, you know, you've got Mata, who who is the natural player to sit just behind Torres in that four-two-three-one, which which would be the role for Lampard. And as I say, maybe his role is as the two mm. alongside either Morelos or um, or uh, Ramirez. Mm. You know, obviously, Essien's got chronic injury problems; doesn't look like he's going to be back. And John Obi Mikel continues to sort of flatter to deceive. Mm. I think um, we've seen Ryan Giggs do it. You know, look at how, yeah. you know, look at how Ryan Giggs has, has, has transformed the way he's played to remain relevant yeah. in today's football, but also relevant at his age. Mm. You know? But you need the backing of your manager, and I think I think he has got his Lampard has got the backing of his manager. I think I think yeah. they're going to do quite well this season. I think nobody's really talking about Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lothar Mateus was another one who really yeah. did himself well. All right, well, as we, we talked briefly about the table. Let's just have a quick rundown. Uh, Man United, Man City, both top equal points, 16 points. Chelsea in third, 13 points. Newcastle on 12 points in fourth. Liverpool on 10 points. Tottenham on nine. Uh, bottom of the table, Bolton, bottom on three. Fulham, Blackburn and West Brom on four points. And then you've got Sunderland, Wigan and Swansea on five. So still early days. Mm. We'll probably give it another three or four rounds before we start getting a real sort of flavour of, of, of where teams are going to be let's leave it till after 10 games but, uh, but yeah that's it for uh, part three we'll be back in the final part to preview this weekend's football so join us after the break this month's new 442 magazine celebrates the return of Harry Kuehl and Brett Emerton as it previews the return of the A-League with a profile on every club 
and an interview with a player from every team. We speak to rising Socceroo James Troy Isi from Turkey. Wayne Rooney chats to us about his new hair and winning title number 20 this year. We go behind the scenes at Barcelona to discover what Pep Guardiola is really like and our series of features assessing youth development starts at Dutch Giants Ajax. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to do a quick preview of the Premier League this weekend. A couple of big derbies in uh, the Premier League. Kicking off with Everton-Liverpool, Merseyside derby uh, at Goodison Park, 12.45. So, quarter to ten our time, just before the clocks go uh, forward. Yep. Daylight <clears throat> saving starts this weekend. Not sure, I'm never sure whether that's better or worse for football because the weekends it makes it a bit more difficult but midweek games hmm. it's yeah, uh, you can watch quarter it. to seven rather than uh, quarter to five how do we see this one going? Um, I'm, I'm going to go for Everton mm. I, I, really? I've, got a, yeah, I've got a funny feeling that um, you know Liverpool have had, had a little bit of a wobble that's not to say that they're not going to have a good season um, but yeah Everton are doing better than we all expected you know after the transfer window closed talk of them getting relegated and what have you and they'll all, they always turn up for this game we'll, we'll certainly have in recent years and yeah I think they'll just edge out Liverpool it looks like I mean you, you would imagine that Kale won't figure in this yeah. Liverpool will certainly be glad not to see mm. Tim Kale because he's been a thorn in their side in these games Ado yeah, look, I, th- I think if Timmy doesn't play, I, I, th- I think uh, Everton will struggle slightly. So I'm going to actually tip uh, Liverpool for this one. All right, bookies, sportingbet.com.au. Uh, agree with Ado. They've got Liverpool $2.40, Everton $2.90, and the draw $3.25. Pretty uh, even spread, though. Mm. Villa Wigan. Draw? Three o'clock guy. <laughs> oh, that would be the clever money, wouldn't it? <laughs> Unbelievably, the draw on sportingbet.com.au is $3.80. I don't think that would be even money. You, you, um, Villa $1.60, Wigan $5.50. Yeah, you'll beat Wigan. I, I, you know. I mean, I think no, I wish I shared your confidence. No, I think, I I think defensively, Wigan are very suspect, so I think you've got to get something from this game. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, we, we need Darren Bent back. Um, hopefully, you will be. Uh, Blackburn, Man City, uh, Northwest Derby. Uh, Blackburn obviously mm. buoyed by the, the, the win against Arsenal, which took some of the immediate pressure off uh, off Steve Keane. Um, that could be heaped on with a heavy defeat at home to Man City, which and it will be probably <laughs> say is on the cards. I mean, Man City are a dollar fifty-five on Sporting Bet. Uh, Blackburn six bucks and the draw three dollars eighty-five. Difficult to argue with the bookies mm. there. Either. Definitely, yeah, City. Too good in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, City, yeah, easily. Man United, Norwich. Uh, again, on paper, you'd say dollar fifteen Man United, $17 Norwich, and 7 bucks the draw. Oh, I mean, 17 that, that, that's that's a reasonable price. I mean, Norwich in the top 10 at the moment. Um, I'm not sure how long they're, they're likely to stay there, but... I, yeah, it's difficult to to back a newly promoted team of that yeah. United side at the moment. A couple of Scottish managers, Paul yeah. Lambert going up there to test himself against the master. Yeah, look, I backed Stoke to get something uh, against United, but there's no way <laughs> yeah, Norwich no, can get something out of this one. Okay, uh, Sunderland West Brom, big game for both. Both yeah. of them uh, not had the starts they were hoping for. Um, after what you'd probably say, you know, two teams that were looking really to kick on after last season. Mm. Um, how do you see this one going, Ado? Uh, Sunderland have to get a result uh, from this game. I think they can. I think they can bounce back. Uh, there's been an outcry about this loss to Norwich, so 
They've got to bounce back. I think they will. All right. I think it'll be nil-nil and the worst game of football the world's ever seen. Right. That became <laughs> $3.20. Cool. Draws $3.25 <laughs> on Sporting Bet. Sunderland are favourites, two dollars twenty. West Brom, three dollars twenty-five. Be five all now, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Wolves, <laughs> Wolves, Newcastle. Now Wolves made a, a decent start. Have, uh, have dropped back a little bit in recent weeks. Um, Newcastle, the visitors this weekend. As I said, Newcastle have had a, a, a much better than expected start. Can they continue it on the road at Molyneux? Um, I, I think they've, they've looked to sort of keep quite tight and they've Newcastle away from home mm. and I think they'll be happy to go there and pick up a point and that's what will happen totally agree okay Wolves at $2.35 draws $3.25 and Newcastle slight outsiders at $2.95 you, you know one thing I often think about football results you know as a fan you look at your fixtures and go well we might you know especially West Ham you go well we need to win that one forget all those ones and stuff like that I was speaking to a, well, a former Tony Dorigo the other day and he was saying that that's very very rife from the players as well really? they'll just go nah, we're not going to win that nah, that's not going to happen um, you know <laughs> and, the, and the, you know and these are the games you know we've got home games against these they're the ones we've got to win to sort of get there or mm. thereabouts and he so, couldn't believe it he said it was the strangest attitude ever come across and that's an English attitude yeah so when they stand in the press conference and say we're confident we can get a result tonight it's really all a load of yeah, yeah, they're thinking, no, it's yeah. not, probably not going to happen yeah. for us. All right, that's a Saturday game. Sunday, uh, Bolton are home to Chelsea. We're on a five-game losing streak. You don't want Chelsea to come to town. So not surprisingly, uh, Chelsea hot favourites, $1.52. Bolton, $6.50 to win at home. The draw is $3.85. Again, I think that's, that's really good value for, for Bolton at home. Um, but, yeah, the, the current form they're on... Um, it, it's probably still difficult to state that. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that they're going to do a Stoke and get a point from this game. Ado. Yeah, he is. Adris, Adris Tramas. Yeah, that's all right. right. Fulham QPR. Uh, West London derby. Uh, yeah. Big Schwartz in goal. Uh, Fulham, surprisingly, quite strong favourites for this. Uh, $1.91 Fulham. $4 QPR. If there was a value bet mm. this week, I'd probably say that is QPR to win at Fulham. Um, although Fulham's home form is surprisingly uh, strong, as in they don't lose many games at home. They've they've uh, drawn three games uh, at home so far, but they, you know, you look back over the last few seasons, they lose very very few mm. games at Craven Cottage, which I guess is what the bookies look at. Uh, draws three dollars thirty five. I fancy a draw. Yeah, I mean it, yeah. it's slightly small draw, but um, yeah, I think they'll yeah. cancel okay. each other out. Uh, Swansea Stoke. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, this week to be a decent game. Uh, Swansea $2.60, Stoke $2.65, the draw $3.25. On paper, according to uh, Sporting Bet, this is the closest game of the weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd made that, I'm just looking at that and thinking that's very hard to predict which yeah. way that's going to go. So I set the fence with another draw. Do you think the Swansea players are going, this is one of those games where <laughs> yeah. we've got to get something from this game? I this is one of those yeah. games where they go, oh no, Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, and the, to round off this week is uh, the North London derby: mm. Spurs at home to Arsenal. Uh, I think Spurs by a, at least two clear goals. That is a big call. Uh. That is a very big call. Spurs are favourites, two dollars fifteen. A draw, three dollars thirty-five. Arsenal, three dollars twenty-five outsiders. Now this was a game that Spurs couldn't buy a win in for, mm. for the best part of a decade. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Um, but they've certainly uh, turned that around in the last couple of seasons. They'll go into this, you know, you'd say, full of confidence. Ado, do you agree with Trebs? 
assessment, an easy win for Spurs? I don't think it'll be an easy win. It's never an easy win in these games, but the way they're playing at the moment, you've got to back them. Odds on Adebayor, Spurs goal yeah. scorer. Exactly. The thing is about Harry does set up relatively sort of attacking teams, and that's how we turn their form around against Arsenal. There's nothing to fear. We, we can have a go. What, the way they're defending, if Harry you know, unleashes those players at them, they'll have But would this be the game where Arsenal can say we turned our season around? We've had some big point, scoring games. And in this recently, we've had like yeah, three, four fours, yeah. four threes. It really disappoints, and um, well, and it won't unless you're an Arsenal fan for this game. All right, that's it for this weekend on the Premier League. Also, this weekend in Sydney, where I will be, is uh, Volkswagen have been running for the first time in Australia their Junior Masters, which is an under 12 tournament that runs around the world. And uh, the winners this weekend, teams have entered from all over the country. There are 20 teams. It's out at King's School, Parramatta. Visitors are more than welcome to go and have a look at some of the some w- hot under 12 uh, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Um, we'll be down there. And uh, the winners head off to Poland next May to compete in the global tournament against the winners from around the world. Brilliant. Good. Yeah, so Great. it's worth getting along. Good initiative. Have a look on the website. Steve Corica is the ambassador. Where are they doing it? Which, which uh, stadium? At the King's School in oh, Parramatta. Yeah. At, oh, King's at the School, school. Right. four pitches going yeah. at once. Yeah, so that's where I will be. Uh, lads, weekends for you? Well, FIFA well, and Fox Sports. Yeah. Pretty much. A little bit, definitely a little bit of FIFA. See if I can actually score a goal at some point. And I'll be tidying up Phil Villa's apartment. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Just a reminder, next week's groundbreaking live broadcast. Register. For for Two Insider. Jump on the website, have a look at the uh, story, follow the link and register to have your chance to put questions live on air to four so- Qantas Socceroos. Which website do they go to? au.442.com Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Everyone Cheers. enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week to uh, preview round one of the A-League. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.